Welcome back to the Broncos Avenue Podcast. It's your host, Samir, with my co-host Jordan today on, you know, Wednesday afternoon. Um, obviously, or excuse me, Thursday. Um, obviously, Broncos head coach search heating up uh, as we speak. Um, so the Broncos wrapped up their interview with uh, Sean Payton um, just a few days ago. Um, obviously met with uh, Broncos brass, the ownership, um, GM George Payton, and other guys in the front office. Um, we're here to, you know, inform you guys on that. We give you the latest news and rumors of the Denver Broncos head coach search. Everything that we know from top to bottom, every single candidate, the latest that we know. Um, but first, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, give kind of our preview for uh, the playoffs uh, this Saturday and Sunday. Um, so, uh, Jordan, you kind of want to take us through that and uh, which games we got and where we're looking at. Yeah, so um, on Saturday, we have um, the Jaguars play the Chiefs and the Giants play the Eagles. And on Sunday, you got the um, Bengals and the Bills and you got the Niners and the Cowboys. I'll say for this weekend, I'll probably go with the Chiefs. I think that's the safe pick. I, I don't really think it's going to be close because, I mean, look at last game. The Jaguars did a whole bunch of turnovers. Um, and if they try to do that in this game, Patrick Mahomes is going to score touchdowns, not field goals. Um, I'll go with the Chiefs just to be safe. Now, Giants and Eagles is where it gets tricky. Um, yeah. It's going to be a divisional game. I thought I'd probably lean towards the Giants, but I think I'm going to say Eagles. I think um, when they when they played um, – in regular season, I think they were like evenly matched up the first time around. It wasn't really close. If I'm correct, I think the score was like it was a, it was a blowout. Yeah, it was 48 to 22. So yeah, so I say the Eagles getting back fully healthy. I think they find a way to beat the Giants. Bengals and the Bills. It's a tough one. I I I, I don't really know who's gonna win that game. Uh, I really don't know. Um, if I had to just pick one, I think the Bengals are a little bit injured, a little bit more on, on the back end. So I'll go Bills. I think Bills find a way to win that one in a close ball game. Cowboys and Niners, 49ers are going to wipe the floor to Dallas Cowboys. I don't think it's going to be close. Oh, wow. I think it's going to be a yeah. blowout. No, I, I don't think it'll be a, a, a crazy blowout. I think final score will be like 31 to 14 or 31 17, something like that. Like it's going to be at least a two possession win for sure. Interesting. Um, Jaguars and Chiefs, I think that's definitely, it's a definitely a lopsided matchup. Um, I mean, you look at, what what they went what, what their opponent was last week in the Chargers and then you look at what their opponent is this week in the Chiefs. I mean, it's literally, you know, from the like the what, the sixth seed or fifth seed all the way going to the one seed. So the Doug Peterson's gonna need to coach the best game of his career, to be honest. Um, you know, since the the Super Bowl, Nick Foles literally, I mean, this is one of the most important games of his uh, you know, NFL coaching career. Um they're going to need to like limit the mistakes this week. You're not going to be able to come back against the Chiefs team. You're, that's what I'll say right now. Even though the Broncos almost did it, um, I don't think you're going to. You guys are going to be able to do it. Which, by the way, isn't it funny how two of these two of the teams that ended up making it in the wild card round, the Broncos beat, um, and then I believe it's two of the teams in the divisional round, the the Broncos beat. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's two. We beat the Jags and the um, the Niners. So yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of funny. Um, obviously, weren't the most convincing wins, but um, this kind of shows you. Um, maybe you know with the right changes next season, we can uh, we can really be in this thing. Because if the Jaguars made it, I think we can make it with the right coach for, yeah. sure, for sure. As long as Russell Wilson turns it around, but yeah, I got the Chiefs in a landslide in this one. Honestly, I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, I got the Chiefs like by uh, around like two touchdowns. Um, the Giants and Eagles. Uh, like you said, it's a tricky one. I really do think that the, I really do think the Giants could win this game. I would not be surprised if I seen that final score come out and um, the Giants win like a, a th- like a field by a field goal. Um, 
But at the same time, uh, this one is kind of a – I don't know if it's really going to be a trap game. I'm going to pick the Eagles in this one. Um even though I could, I could definitely see uh, Brian Dable out coaching Nick Sirianni in this one. If I'm being honest, I just mm-hmm. that, that's the coach of the year right there. Um, but it's this is really going to be this game's going to come down to will Daniel Jones um, use his legs and punish that Eagles defense? Um, obviously, they got them in that last uh, last game of the regular season. Um, didn't really mean much, obviously, but. Yeah, I got the Eagles in that one. Bengals and Bills, I got the Bills. Um, I feel pretty confident about this one. Um, I could see the Bengals winning, but I I feel pretty confident about the Bills winning. I just, from the beginning of the season, I, I always said that the Bills are going to at least the AFC Championship. So I'm going to stick with that. But um, at the end of the day, don't sleep on Joe Sice, Joe Shiesty, So. Cowboys and Niners, another one. I think you really could go. Uh, it really could go either way. I I know that's crazy to say, and I know I picked the 49ers um, to make the Super Bowl, but I think the Cowboys really could. I think they could really make a game out of this one. I I think I think it could happen. Honestly, I really do. Um, obviously, they beat an eight nine team last week, so it's not saying much. I mean, you did beat the goat, but he he is finally showing signs of regression. I think they put together a solid all around performance last week. Um, I'm surprised that they're running it back with Brett Maher. I mean, I can't believe that a kicker who missed four PATs and you're you're running it back with him in the NFL playoffs. Like I, I could understand maybe regular season, but it's an interesting one, man. Every single point's gonna matter in this game. So um, I mean, obviously it's not the most important thing, but yeah, Cowboys are gonna need to put together a hell of a game because um Kyle Shanahan's staff is definitely uh preparing for this one. They're they're not gonna underestimate Dallas in this one. Um, but yeah, I got, um, I'm going to go ahead and pick with the 49ers in this one, but I will not be surprised if Dallas wins this one. I'm not going to lie. Wow. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll be very surprised. I don't think, I think, um, yeah, I think Dallas will have revenge. a shot. Yeah. I, I think Dallas is going to have their shot to win it, but I just don't see them be being able to continuously stop that offense. It's going to be tough. It's too many weapons, man. You got to worry about it's too many. It's just yeah. IU, Kittle, Debo, CMC, Elijah Mitchell, and all them guys. It's a lot. But yeah. I, but going back to that Bengals and Bills game, I will say one thing I forgot to say: if the Bills turn the ball over like they did against Miami, like those careless turnovers that they make, the Bills might Probably lose. lose. Yeah. They because Joe 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 Burrow he gonna score off them. He, he's not gonna get no field goals. He's gonna most likely score touchdowns off of those. So ooh, never know. I mean, I'm picking the Bills, but one team I would love to see go to the Super Bowl, even though if the Bills win a Super Bowl, Vaughn technically does get another ring. I would love to see I – mean, I'm rooting for the Bengals, man. I love you, – you saw what uh, um, Joe Burrow said about Pastor Tan, called him the best in the league, uh, the corner position. That was awesome. I, I just love Joe Burrow, man. You guys saw – I don't know if you guys saw uh, him on the Full Send podcast with the Nelk boys. That was one of the best podcasts I've seen. Like, the dude's the most – one of the most chill, like, nonchalant – people you know like in sports i mean he's just so cool uh like calm cool collected um the way he carries himself is very appreciable and admirable i think joe burrow is an awesome you know awesome person but most importantly an incredible athlete athlete he's easily top five five at his position um but yeah i got the niners um the bills the eagles and the chiefs i'm i'm picking all the favorites i know that's lame but i really could see all of these except for the jacks game going uh you know a different way um i still do like i said feel a little bit confident about the bills winning that game um i think they're going to turn around their uh turnovers this week um so let's go and jump into uh, the broncos head coaching search so 
guys, everybody that's listening, things are heating up, man. Things are heating up. We just uh, wrapped up our interview um, with interviews with Raheem Morris and Sean Payton on Tuesday. Wednesday, the um, Broncos ownership front office had a little bit of break to evaluate their options, kind of take notes and make their assessments on how their uh, interviews have went with um, David Shaw, um, Sean Payton, Raheem Morris, Ajiro Vero, um, and you know uh, all those guys that they've interviewed so far. Um, the the I feel I think just the last candidates we have left to uh, interview is today. D'Amico Ryan's um, the Broncos are staying in uh, California. They're going to the Bay um, to uh, interview D'Amico Ryan's later today, um, and then Friday they're going to interview our best head co- uh, head coach candidate in Dan Quinn. Um, so. <laughs> gonna be <laughs> gonna be interesting uh, to see how how, the, how those go. Um, Dan Quinn's gonna have the last say in this first round of interviews, so um, I, I wonder how he's gonna uh, finish off that and go off the interview, considering that he had two rounds of interviews last year. So um, yeah, uh, I know. Um, so just an update: um, Benjamin Albright, Tom Pelissero, Mike Cliss—they're all saying that if the Broncos don't go through with the second round of interviews. Um, you can see maybe a coach hired by like next Tuesday ish. Um, and if Sean Payne really wants to come here and if the Broncos can really reach a trade with, uh, you know, Saints GM Mickey Loomis, um, they could, they can make a trade like late, you know, maybe Friday this weekend and lock in Sean Payton um, before the Panthers can really get something going. Um, cause look at the end of the day, I've been, I've been getting asked this a ton to clarify everything. The trade is going to be off of where does Sean Payton want to go, and what draft capital does Mickey Loomis want from in return? That's that's at the end of the day, that's that's what's going to di- dictate this. They're gonna they have the leverage in terms of you know draft capital. Um, it's been it's being reported that the Saints want two first round picks, like what uh, John Gruden got for. I don't think that's happening. I think that's a you know another situation where. Um, you know, they're talking about it's like we always see this with uh, we saw with Bradley Chubb. They were uh, asking for two first round picks and ended up just being one first rounder. I think that's just another it's we always see this in the NFL. Teams are going to obviously ask for the most and then they're going to end up settling for somewhere, you know, in the grounds of in between uh, in terms of the draft compensation. Um, I mean, why would you just ask for a mid to late first round pick? I don't think that's how I don't think that's what they start with, but that's probably what they're going to end up with. And maybe, you know, more mid round draft capital. Um, Benjamin Albright saying that it's going to take for the Broncos a first round and a third round pick. Um, and then they're going to say for the Saints that the Saints might have to trade, you know, like uh, potentially trade into the first trade that pick and then trade multiple uh, mid round picks because, Mickey Loomis doesn't want to trade Champagne in the division. Um, but you know, if that's what Champagne wants, and that's what Champagne wants, but he's gonna try getting the most out of that. They're gonna make if the Panthers are the team that Champagne wants, they're gonna they're gonna give David Tepper hell. So I feel like that's gonna kind of go how it goes. So and if anything's positive in all of this thing, if you guys are saying, Man, I'm I don't want to give up these first round pick, these uh draft picks and stuff. Just think about it as we're going to be the team that probably has to give up the least, um, just because it's we're in the completely opposite, uh, you know, conference. So I'm sure Mickey Loomis will be uh, much more, you know, um, happy to happy to give him up in that sense. Obviously, Sean Payton's gone. Whether it's going to be him taking uh, another year break or if he's just not going to be with the Saints coaching somewhere else, so I'm sure he would be much more reluctant to get, uh, you know, to give it you know, give up Sean Payton to the Panthers rather than the Broncos. But um, 
Well, what, what else are you hearing on this uh, Broncos head coach search um, with uh, Sean Payton? Um, all the stuff I've been reading. Well, I did see today that um, Russell Wilson's been in contact with him mainly. Um, that you know yes, he sir. wants Sean Payton, you know, and that he knows that Sean Payton's the guy that that can fix everything. It's kind of what you know me and you have been saying the whole time. Um, but yeah, to, to go on what you said um, about you know Sean Payton and everything, yeah, I mean, been saying the whole time. I think Denver's the only team that's willing to give up the amount of draft capital that the Saints want. I don't think there's going to be really another team. Maybe Carolina give up a first, but it's going to be a next year first round pick. Um, and like like you said, they're in the division, so they're going to probably ask for a lot, way a lot more than the Texans and maybe the Cardinals and Denver and stuff like that. But I think, it, but but I think the biggest play here is going to be the amount of money he wants and the amount of money he's going to demand. I, I don't think there's maybe the Panthers are willing to give him that, but I doubt the Texans are going to give him twenty to twenty five million a year, and I really doubt the Cardinals will too. I think Denver is just it's the writing's on the wall right now. Tom Pelissero said it, that he thinks it's going to happen, so. And I, I I tell everybody, I mean, Tom Tom Pellicer, he's the guy that broke the Russell Wilson news. He's the he, he was the first guy on that, that Russell Wilson, you know, when he got traded to Denver, he was the guy that reported that. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'm just excited for it. Yeah, I, I don't think it's gonna come down to money, honestly. I think, you know, regardless, I think, I think, regardless, Sean Payne's gonna get like around 25 million wherever he goes. Um, that I mean that he's just a big guy candidate right now. Um, I think honestly, it's going to come down to the Panthers and Broncos. Um, the Panthers do have a lot to offer. I'm honestly kind of scared of the Panthers in this. Um, they have the joy. We talked about this in the last episode. They have the choice of the franchise quarterback for Sean Payton. Um, they have a good young defense. They have a lot of draft capital more than we do. Um, you know, it's it's premium draft picks. I mean, we it's obviously after the Russell Wilson trade, we have picks, but um, it's not as great as the Panthers um, draft capital. Um, and then, you know, obviously we have a much, a much wealthier ownership, but if there's anybody that's close to them, it's the Panthers. So, I mean, when you're Sean Payne looking at that, it's like, all right, money is in my favor. Now I have to look at, you know, what I'm actually getting in this franchise. So at the end of the day, I think he knows he's going to get the money he wants. He's going to be the highest paid coach in, in football. Um, so I think he's going to, I think it's going to, he's going to kind of look and uh, look at the, you know, on paper and see what he's getting in both teams. And I don't know, I think he might, I don't, I think he might be favoring the Panthers. Um, at the same time though, I'm seeing reports from Tom Pelissero saying that, um, just like the Chargers, that their ownership might be a little um, more reluctant to offer that draft capital for a coach in Sean Payton, um, at, you know, whereas the uh, Broncos would not. And they're um, at the end of the day, they're still evaluating, but it's highly thought of of the Broncos, uh, you know, ownership of front office that they want Sean Payton, that they're going to end up being the team that they don't care. They're going to trade the draft capital regardless. Um, but yeah, in terms of how the interview with uh, Sean Payton went, it went well. Um, Sean, it's been reported Sean Payne loves the Broncos ownership. He likes Rob Walton, the team that he's assembled with Greg Penner, um, Condoleezza Rice, um, and everybody, you know, uh, you know, obviously, um, Greg Penner, the, um, the son-in-law of Rob Walton. Um, he's, uh, he's doing a pretty good job so far. He looks like the top dog, um, which by the way, um, we got news that George Payton is not going to be in this, um, the room for the second round of interviews which is very interesting. Have we ever seen this before from a GM? I, I do. I don't think so. 
it, it's not it's i mean i can't help but look at this as like he is on a very short lease like he is on the hot seat like i, I don't know how else to look at this i mean yeah i mean i don't think he really should be on the hot seat i think a short leash yeah but i mean their game plan and it's like man you 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 finna be out you know on your way out so um i'm kind of surprised by it a little bit i mean i just think george payton um he jumped the gun on the thing with hackett obviously but i think him bringing in russ should have gave him a little bit of leg room you know for error you know, in terms of him keeping his job and whatnot. But, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm surprised. I don't think I've ever seen, like, a general manager, like, just not be in head coach, you know, like, head coach and interview meetings, second rounds. But, like, I, man, the Broncos want to turn this thing around. I mean, they really do. Yeah, it's – yeah, and I love that they're doing everything they can to assess their options and make sure this process is right this time because, God, the last four processes are just awful. I mean, choosing freaking – um. Fans Vance Joseph way. over Kyle Shanahan. I mean, holy hell. But yeah, I, I think it's interesting because um, GMs usually are like the final decision makers in almost all things. And it's very common for ownership to be involved in head coach searches, but it's not common for heck for GMs to be pushed out of uh, head coach interviews. So this is really interesting. I, I think this is going to, this is, this is going to, what are you going to say? No, I was going to say, I mean, and that may be, you know, some of the problems that goes on with these other teams, you know, they just keep giving their general manager chances to, you know, you know it's like once you mess up one time, you know, you, you probably shouldn't have the same access that you have, you know, come around the next time. A lot of these teams let their general managers do whatever they want. Yeah, he can be interviewed anybody, but I mean, you it's just how bad Nathaniel Hackett was. And I think that's probably the main reason why they're doing it. He was, I mean, you fired him in season, his first season as a head coach, so I'm not surprised by it. And honestly, don't be surprised if more teams start doing this too. Start, you know, doing what the Broncos did. Let the ownership group start taking over on these head coach searches because it just seems like a lot of these coaches, it's just getting out of hand. It's like anybody's just getting a job nowadays. And it's so funny because all these ownerships have like a lot less football background than the GMs do. I mean, the GMs are literally hired because of their knowledge and intel in the Broncos, or excuse me, the NFL, um, you know, uh, decision making scouting all of that i mean a lot of scouts are being hired as gms it's kind of the trend right now but it, it's interesting because you, you might be right the, this might be the new trend in the nfl i mean we we kind of see in the nba too i mean you see a lot of the uh ownership making you know more decision decision making and it's kind of a um joint you know joint um co collab with uh you know decision making and your roster and how you go about the offseason and trades and whatnot it's really interesting i think this is how kind of all sports is trending um, maybe the maybe you're right. Maybe the Broncos are the first ones to kind of raise the flag on the ship on this one. So, um, yeah, I think it's uh, in terms of you know the guy you guys wondering why are the Broncos pushing George Payne out of the room on this second round of interviews? I think it's more so they're asking the uh, head coach candidates, "What's your plan of like, um, you know, how much say you want in decisions? You know, uh, you know, potentially making decisions with the front office. Who would you want as your GM?" Who would make you most comfortable? Who would you feel, you know, obviously the most comfortable in the future of just in terms of connection, relationship? I mean, I don't think Sean Payne and George Payne know each other that much. I think I would assume if he gets a second interview and um, they want to give us another interview with Sean Payne that they would ask him, like, who would you prefer, um, you know, to be? Um, your jam. I know I've seen some people connect uh, Ryan Pace with uh, Sean Payton and bring him here to Denver. Um, I'm not the biggest Ryan Pace guy, but I don't. I don't know. Um, 
I, I see you shaking your head. What do you think about Ryan Pace? No. Isn't that the same guy that drafted uh, Mitchell Trubisky fifth overall, if I'm correct? <laughs> no. Uh-uh. I'll stick with George Payton on that one. Um, but no, I will say, yeah, no, it's one thing to look out for. I think, um, I think you know, Sean Payton, I don't, I don't think he's going to mind George Payton um, that much. I just think, you know, if Sean Payton does come here, he's going to want a lot of control. And I think George Payton doesn't really have a choice. You know, he's going to have to give us some of that control to the team. I think Sean Payton is going to want to say in roster moves, mainly, you know, roster transactions, more in the contract side of things when bringing in players than just George Payton. I mean, because you look at George Payton, everything with him is just connection-based. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Denver CEOs and ownership thought, well, this second time around, it's probably going to be Dan Quinn, and that's just going to be based off the connection that him and George Payton have, which really isn't a good thing. You want to get the best guy for the team and not just the guy that's close friends with the GM. So, I mean, with Sean Payton, yeah, he's going to come in. He's going to want more control than what a lot of people think he's going to want. I mean, you look at him with the Saints, he had complete control over pretty much everything. So, yeah, he's going to come here. He's probably already telling him, look, man, if I come here, I want control over basically the roster. I want to say in transactions. Like, I want I want a huge say in the draft picks, too. So, But I think – but honestly, I, I think him and George Payton go hand in hand. I mean, because I, I do think George Payton's strength is the draft. I think that's where he's his best at, the draft. So, I think yeah, and Sean I, Payton, yeah. I think you make a good point because – that George Payne, obviously a plus on his drafts. Um, so far we doubted him, but he ended up being right. Um, and Sean Payton is really good with roster decisions. Um, really good with finding players for his right scheme to trade for, or what, who he wants to potentially trade away. I think him and George Payne would be they could work this thing out. I mean, how do how do guy how do personnel how do personnel men and coaches build these relationships? Sometimes it's just testing it out, and sometimes it's just working together from day one. You don't always have to have those connections that date back all the way to you know 2015 or whatever it is. I mean, I I, I don't see why not. I mean, George, and at the end of the day, despite these reports and what we're speculating, Albright said that George Payne is going to be the GM yeah. this entire 2023. So it, at this point, it's just speculation, but it is very interesting because for a while, for a long time, we have never seen a GM just be pushed out of head coach interviews. Um, you know, the GM has that title of the ultimate decision maker. No, yeah, and I will say, man, you look around the league, a lot of GMs who have done way worse than George Payton have kept their jobs for way longer. I don't think even George Payton really, like I said, I'm surprised he's on the hot seat. I mean, any, I mean, George Payton made mistakes that I'm pretty sure a lot of people would have made. Also, um, I think the the, the biggest mistake was obviously the thing Hackett, but I mean, he brought in Russ. I mean, half of the league would have traded for Russ before the start of this season. I mean, like let's let's be real, a lot of teams would have given up the same exact thing for Russell Wilson and George Payton. I mean, like you said, go back to the draft classes. I mean, I, I'm just kind of surprised that. He, we're even talking about possibly letting him go, you know, that Albright has That's to true. come out and say that he's our general manager for this next season. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, we have – I mean, a lot of our future is from him. A lot of those draft picks, a lot of those young studs that we have is from George Payton. So, yeah, it's, it's just kind of – it's crazy. Yeah, also going back to the whole trade package, um, there I'm seeing reports that um, there's no players that are expected to be involved in the uh, trade for Sean Payton. So that's good news. I don't really want to see anybody leave that we could, you know, use here. Um, I it, I mean, it's not surprising. I don't think there would be a player package for him. So it's all expected to be uh, draft picks at the end of the day for George or excuse me, Sean Payton. So um, let's talk about uh, the defensive coordinator position for a second. Um, so Azir Overo, the guy who we still have under contract, now has 
five interviews for all all five head coach op- uh, openings. All have scheduled interviews for Azuro Vero. And the, the the dumb Falcons uh, requested permission for their DC position for Zero Vero, thinking that they could just swoop him away from us. But very interesting there. They also have an interview set up with Vic Fangio, who we're going to talk about in a second. But um, he this is crazy. I I mean this is insane. Zero Vero, first year DC, has more head coach interviews than longtime NFL coach Sean Payton. He, he just became a coordinator. I, I love it, but it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I, I'm not really surprised by it, I mean, to be honest. I mean, it, it's a shocking thing to say, of course, but I think, you know, a lot of teams know that they're, they're not going to get a guy like Sean Payton. If they're, a lot of teams are really, you know, stingy with their draft picks. A lot of teams, their owners aren't going to pay a guy $20, 25000000 million to come in and, you know, and, but, and also a lot of that has to do with, you know, a lot of teams in this league are satisfied with their coaches too. I mean, I, I, but I, I will tell you one thing I'm surprised about. I'm surprised about I just seen that the Titans last night, the Titans put in a request to interview Justin Auden for a job on the new offensive staff. And um, today the Rams have requested an interview with Broncos offensive coordinator Justin Auden for a job on their offensive staff. Seeing that, I'm actually not surprised about. I'll, I'll tell You're you not? what. I'm not. I'm actually not. I saw that and I was like, I'm actually surprised not more than just one team requested permission. I think Justin Allen did a phenomenal job in his last two weeks calling plays. The way he turned, changed the personnel, he was underrated on this coaching staff last year. We we completely trashed him from day one, but he he probably would have been a better head coach than Nathaniel Hackett. Like. <laughs> It's insane to say that, but he did a much better job calling plays. He did a much better job making adjustments, changing personnel. He did a much better job, you know, calling for formations and play calls that are more suitable for Russ, which should have been done from day one. Um, I'm not surprised. And they they said it's just a job on their offensive staff. I mean, he he doesn't have to be an OC. He 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 might go there and just be a tight ends coach. So I'm not surprised at all. I mean that that's that that report's kind of um you know kind of. Um, what's the word? Um, I mean, it's not very detailed. They're, we're not saying which position is for. So I'm not surprised about that report at all. Honestly, I'm surprised that not uh, more than just the Titans have in your uh, request permission. Yeah, no, it's the Titans and the Rams because the, the Rams said. Oh, today, the Rams. Yeah, the Rams today. Mm-hmm. I missed that. Yeah, I'm not surprised, honestly. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, though, if, if he does say he does leave, a guy that I would love as officer coordinator who was just surprisingly let go is Byron Leftwich. I. Again, I have no idea why Tampa let him go for some odd. It's just like any. T- I mean, Brady had a bad year, so they got to put the blame on somebody. But uh, yeah, but I would love Brian Leftwich or Brian Shaw if Justin Auden does leave for the for the OC position. I would just love it. Yeah, it's it's confusing there in Tampa because Bruce Arians wasn't even the best coach, and they just like they their O line gets injured this year, and just they all just everything just looks so bad and. I feel like Tom Brady did a better job than what, what he's given credit for. I honestly, I feel like he didn't have the worst season. I, I don't think he had the worst season. I Their O-line had multiple injuries, wide receivers dropping balls. And honestly, I don't think the coaching was that incredible this year. So I don't know. I pers- I, I wouldn't want Byron Leftwich, but it's, it's kind of crazy that he almost cut the Jacks job over Doug Peterson last year, and now he's now getting he fired as the OC. So Yeah, I mean, but um, the reason why I say 
I'm putting it on Brady mostly is because Brady wanted this. Let's like we can't sugarcoat that. You know, he didn't he wanted Bruce Arians and I had the job and he wanted him and Byron Leftwich. So now he went out there and I'm gonna say Brady stuck it up this season. I mean, he did, he wasn't himself, and they went out there, they won, they finished eight and ten as overall record, and now that they kicked Byron Leftwich to the curb, and apparently they also fired most a lot of offensive staff. So just Byron Leftwich, he's gonna get a job pretty quickly. I mean, and plus, I think there's nine offensive coordinator spots open in the league right now. Oh, he's going to get a job quick. It might be the Chargers. Mess around, be the Chargers. Yeah, so our D.C. spot, um, obviously, I mean, all of Broncos country, we can speak for them. Well, some of them, for some reason, why Vic Fangio back here, which is incredibly unrealistic. But um, I can speak for all of Broncos, um, well, 95% of Broncos country that we want a zero Vero back, but he's getting interviewed for all five teams. I don't think he gets a job, but it's kind of crazy. I think the I think the reason he's getting all these interviews is because the league knows how damn good he did this year, calling plays and just all around his jump from being – just as a DB's coach, a second, uh, you know, the pass game coordinator, secondary coach, jumping to a DC in Denver with a, an unbelievable, historically bad offense, and was still able to find ways to carry this team. And you know the way he carried himself, um, and just how great of a coach he is, how innovative, smart, young he is, and he, he's he's connected to that Sean McVay staff. Um, so I'm sure teams just want to get a piece of intel from how well he was doing on defense this year, what what kind of approach he would have as the leader of a franchise. And then obviously, um, like I said, that um, the Sean McVay tree that he's connected to, it seems like te- teams always almost want to interview those candidates. We're interviewing Raheem Morris, obviously, they're DC. Um, so that's uh, it, interesting. I think the, um, in terms of the DC position, let's say Avero does get a head coach spot somewhere else, or he just like – was only here for the Nathaniel Hackett, the fact that they were friends and he decides he wants to go be a DC for like a contender. Um, who would you want to kind of replace him as DC? Obviously it would be, a, it would be up to the the next head coach. Assuming we get an offensive guy, but who would you kind of want to see? I see some people connecting Mike Zimmer to Denver, which I would not love, but um, I, I see that quite a bit on Twitter right now. Um, who would you potentially want as a DC here in Denver? I haven't done a deep dive like that into it yet. Um, Gotcha. I wouldn't even know. I if I had to, probably I I I guess Mike Zimmer. I mean that would probably be the option Denver would like to go, especially if they're gonna bring in a guy like Sean Payton. But it, it may be just some guy that Sean Payton, you know, used to work with. Um, yeah. Be part of the DC. One guy I really do not want. I, I don't know if he has a job is Greg Williams because I know he used to work for the Saints. I don't want that to happen at all. But um, I don't know, man. It'll probably be like somebody get bumped up in house. I don't know, but. I don't think they're gonna offer ever a job. Not 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 this offseason. I, I can see maybe next offseason if our defense bounces, you know, continues to play this well, then I think he, he might get a job offer. But I don't see him getting one this offseason. So did you see um the Saints fired their uh, run game coordinator? Um Dan Rouchard, I believe his name's pronounced. Um, they just went seven to ten this year. They weren't happy with uh, how the run game looked, but um obviously Sean that's someone who Sean Payton has worked with. Um and then he, this guy, he has he has experience with the offensive line, um, and you know, obviously, we have uh, issues with that in terms of the coaching after we let go of Mike Munchak. Um, maybe that's someone who uh, Sean Payton assembles with the, his uh, coaching staff here in Denver. Yeah, I think if Sean Payton does come here, you're going to see a lot of former Saints guys, like a lot of people, Saints players, Saints, you know, assistant coaches. He's going to get a lot of them to come along too. And I mean, never. I mean. 
the week is Sean Payton, man. It's, it's a lot of stuff is going to change, especially around his coaching staff. Justin Auden may be out. You never know. He may not even like him being back on the staff next year and want to hire his own offensive coordinator or bring in somebody else. So you never really yeah. know. Yeah, I just saw that thing about the Rams. It's interesting because that's a that's a highly thought of staff. Um, lots of experience and you know, um, innovative minds on that staff. He um, might take it. I mean, especially if Sean Payton decides to come to Denver, he might take that Rams job, depending on what position they offer him. Yeah, definitely. because yeah, because if he, if he goes there, he'll and they do well again offensively or something like that. He's probably going to get a head coaching interview. I think if if just, Justin Allen's going to stay here, he's going to take a demotion, which probably uh, wouldn't be the best of his interest. Um, he'd probably just go somewhere else. But if he were to st- take a demotion and stay here, it would have to be like Raheem Morris or Dan Quinn, two guys he has experience with um, in, in Atlanta. So um, I think those are the two guys that he would, um, would maybe change his mind of staying here. But I think Justin Allen's gone, honestly. Which um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but he's he's not that bad of a coach. So um, I was kind of kind of pleased with the, what I saw him in the last few weeks. But uh, best of luck, uh, best of luck to him. Um, so speaking of Raheem Morris, um, what what do you think of Raheem Morris? Honestly, I, I know we both have him in like the four to we have him in like the four to five range of our candidates right now. Um, the last time we did our ranking of candidates, um, Jim Harbaugh was still in the race, but he's out now. So. Um, and then, which, by the way, David Shaw, who connected Jim Harbaugh to be on his staff, is now apparently in the big three in, the, in our top three candidates, according to Mike Kliss and other sources, which is really interesting. Connelly's a Rice, and the, who is uh, one of the three top members of the Broncos head coach search right now, is absolutely ecstatic about this candidate. She loves him, apparently. Um, she thinks he's a really, really good um, candidate and uh, coach for the job. Um, it, I mean, that's interesting in itself. I think um, David Shaw, they they like him a lot more in the front office um, for the job rather than how, you know, the media and the fan uh, fans like him. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question on Raheem Morris at first, I had Raheem Morris, I think, at the bottom of my list. And there's nothing wrong oh, with Raheem yeah. Morris for me. Um, it's just the experience part of it. And he wouldn't really benefit what we need mostly. Um, we don't. I don't think we really need him. I just think we're kind of just bringing him in an interview to kind of see where, you know, he, you know, where he's at and to see the hype around him. Um, I do think he will get a job. I, he may get a job this off season or maybe next off season, but um, I don't think him coming to Denver. Will, I mean, we already have Evero from the Rams. So we will be building some type of Rams defensive connection, which I don't think we really need that here. So that's why I kind of had him towards the bottom. But, I mean, he can go somewhere like the Colts or somewhere and be a really good head coach, I think. I mean, it just – the Broncos need a guy who's experienced mostly. That's just me. Yeah, Raheem Morris is – he's honestly interesting because he, he he does have – he has uh, – he was an interim head coach for Atlanta, yeah. which didn't go the best. Um, he, He's one of the only candidates that – he's only 46 years old. He's one of the only candidates that's young and also has head coaching experience. Which is interesting. I mean, maybe he's higher on the Broncos list. Um, I saw from a report, uh, you know, an article from Mike Kliss that the Broncos are looking at um, Jim Caldwell, Raheem Morris, and David Shaw as the main fallback options if Sean Payton or Dan Quinn doesn't work out. So um, those are kind of the five guys right now that they have kind of circled. Um, Averro seems to be the odd man out right now. Um, he just seems like the biggest long shot, honestly, in this head coach search. Um, are we Oh, no, I was going to say, um, aren't we interviewing D'Amico today? Yeah. Yeah, he needs to be in one of those fallback options as well. 
<laughs> yeah, and yeah, he's an, he's an, another one of those guys. I, I didn't even see them mention him as one of the fallback options. So, um, everything, all the reports are th- this time of the year. Honestly, you really you really got to find your source and trust it because everyone's saying everything. Um, we're just re- relaying what we know to you guys. Um, but yeah, David Shaw is in the top three. Um, Avero has interviews with all five teams. Um, Raheem Morris, um, someone who I'm higher on than most. Um, I think he's a really smart, innovative, detailed, oriented guy. Um, I think he wouldn't be the worst for this job. Um, and honestly, let's say um, Sean Payton decides to go to Carolina, um, Arizona, wherever um, that we miss out on those guys. I would not be mad with Jim Caldwell or Raheem Morris. Uh, will I be upset? Hell yes. I, I want Sean Payton more than anything in the world right now. But um, Jim Caldwell or Raheem Morris, I honestly, I know I said in one of our uh, last episodes, I would want Jim Caldwell over Raheem Morris, but I'm kind of leaning Raheem Morris a little bit. I, I don't know. I just, um, uh, don't get me wrong. I would still want D'Amico over him, but I, I'm not super opposed to um, Raheem Morris. I, I like him. Yeah, I mean, if I had to say no Sean Payton, you know, I would I, I really want D'Amico, but it's I don't know. We'll, we'll see after the interview today with the Broncos. Think about it with him. Um, I mean, Jim Caldwell is a guy I, I wouldn't mind him. I probably would take him over Raheem Morris and Shaw just because of the, you know, the experience that he's had. And he could probably come he'll probably come in and change the culture a lot. But um, I mean, the way it's sounding, you know, about Brian Shaw that uh, his name's Brian Shaw or David Shaw? David Shaw. Yeah, David Shaw. Yeah, so, I mean, they seem to be really high on David Shaw. So, I mean, we'll see. I, I wouldn't mind being the head coach. I mean, I, I've been reading up on him a bit. I mean, everybody has nothing but nice things to say about him. So, we'll see. I wouldn't mind it at all, though. Yeah, I, I would not mind at all picking uh, Raheem Morris off of that Sean McVay tree. So, um, he was already um, he was already one of those guys as an interim head coach who they believe didn't get the the fairest of chances. And now that he's get, he's got a chance to learn from – um, you know, Sean McVay, one of the most, you know, one of the most uh, innovative, uh, creative minds in the NFL. Um, I and also Raheem Morris has experience on both sides of the ball, which I don't feel like enough people talk about. He has. Oh, he does. On both sides. Yeah, he has experience on both sides of the ball. And he even knows uh, some he's even coached a little bit of special teams. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but hmm. um, something very admirable about him. One of the only coaches in our uh, pool that. Um, you know, has experience on almost all three uh, phases of the ball, which is really interesting. That's why I have him, um, you know, uh, I would say higher than Jim Caldwell now. So the main thing that scares me, Jim Caldwell, is not only how unattractive he is at, you know, uh, he- you know, head coaching this team, but the fact that he's been away from the NFL for so long. Um, it, I don't know. It's like we were talking about with Michael Thomas the other day. It's like, do you want to do you want to get Michael Thomas? You a guy who has you know little experience over the last three years, um, you make that risk or go with someone who's more proven in recent memory. That that's just kind of where I'm at with uh, Jim Caldwell at the moment. Yeah, so I think we totally missed it. So Raheem Morris was a head coach for Tampa from 2009 to 2011. Yeah, we completely miss up. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at it right he now. Like, yeah, he, so yeah, he has experience. Okay. So he had one three and thirteen season, a ten and six season, and a four and twelve season. And the rest of that, he's been an assistant coach. I would have to look at that ten and six season. I'm I'm interested to see who his uh coaching staff was there. 
But yeah, Raheem Morris has experience and he he knows both sides of the ball. Um, and now he's even getting he's even getting smarter and you know getting more knowledge in NFL with Sean McVay. So yeah, and you're right. So it looks like the years that Kyle Shanahan was there in Atlanta, he was the wide he was the assistant head coach, wide receivers coach. They went eleven and five. Um, 2017, he was the same thing as his head coach, but then he got up to passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach. 2018, he had the same thing, passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach, and that lasted into 2019. And then they bumped – for some reason, he got moved to defensive coordinator, a whole different side of the ball, interim head coach, and then he's been a defensive coordinator ever since. So, he, yeah, he does. He has both sides of the ball, and he's been a head coach before. Yeah, and you bring up a good point, ties to Kyle Shanahan. Like, but I think by the day – Raheem Morris is really growing on me. Like he's right below D'Amico Ryan's for me. I, I really like him. And speaking of D'Amico Ryan's, I for the fans out there that are really hoping for this, if Sean Payton doesn't work out, I don't think it's really real, really realistic at all. To be honest, I don't see any situation where he would really pick Denver. Um, I think he's going to need to. And I don't even see a situation. I don't really see a situation too much where the Broncos would pick him. I think. Um, he really needs to blow the interview out of the water today. Just, I mean, one of the best interviews, which by the way, I thought something really interesting. Um, I know we talked about David Shaw having one of the best interviews, but it was reported by, I believe it was Mike Cliss. He said that Jim Caldwell actually had, uh, or no, it was Benjamin Albright. He said Jim Caldwell actually had an incredible interview um, for the Broncos last week. So but, uh, something interesting. He wants to get back in the NFL so and work with Russell Wilson. So mm-hmm. um, something interesting there. I'm not too sure if uh, any other team has interviewed him. I'm probably wrong, but. Who, um, um, Jim Caldwell? I think yeah. the Panthers interviewed him. Panthers, of course they did. They're taking all the candidates. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Surprised it, they didn't interview David Shaw. Yeah, so I think it was it was just the Panthers and the Broncos. Yeah. But looks yeah, like, I haven't yeah. seen too much on him. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, you know, David uh, Raheem Morris, he's just growing on me by the day. I really think um, you guys should take notice of him. He, I mean, he has the experience. He has experience on both sides of the balls, ball of the ball. Pause. Um, and <laughs> and he, I mean, he's coached Tampa interim for uh, Atlanta, and he has ties to Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. So he's only forty six. It's not like he's the oldest guy. I mean. I, I I like Raheem Morris. I mean, he he's like I said, he's one of the only candidates that has a ton of experience, but he's also young at the same time. And I mean, he's literally only a few years older than Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, it, it changed my opinion on in my opinion on him. I didn't know he was a head coach, you know, for that long, and not to mention he worked with Kyle Shanahan a little bit. So yeah, he, he gets a bump up for me. Um, I guess I I guess I wouldn't mind having him now. I, I I'll say it. I guess I wouldn't mind having him now. I, Kind of got to side with uh, side with you on this one. Yeah, I hope you guys uh, learned. Um, so you know, at, you know, learned with us on that one. Um, more we learn, more we learn on uh, Raheem Morris and this head coach search. Um, but yeah, I think uh, main takeaways from the last uh, few interviews. Um, Sean Payton wants Denver, but he also, um, I w- I wouldn't be surprised if he wants Carolina. Um, the interview went well with him. He likes ownership. Jo- uh, George Payton not going to be in the uh, room for the second round of interviews um, for several reasons. Um, trade, trade package for Sean Payne is expected expected to be a one and a three, according to Albright. Um, also, for one second, I want to talk about this. We've had Benjamin Albright on the podcast, obviously. Um, what do you think about him saying, I don't know if you saw this, he's saying that Sean Payton, um, he, he's not the most attractive uh, candidate to Sean Payton. He would rather have Dan Quinn over Sean Payton. He would rather have... Um, it was, it was another candidate, I believe, over Sean Payton as well. Yeah, and he's he, he's saying that, um, 
Drew Brees kind of elevated, uh, you know, Champagne was already a good candidate when it came to uh, when when Drew Brees came to New Orleans. But he's saying that Drew Brees doesn't get enough credit for um, elevating Sh- uh, Sean Payton in a sense in his time in New Orleans. Um, and he believes that um, those seven and nine seasons do um, need to be taken into account for his time in New Orleans. Um, he just he just thinks that Sean Payton's a bit overrated. What do you think? What do you think about all that? I mean, um, I, I I agree with him to a certain aspect. I mean, I think he is yeah. right that um, Drew, him and Drew, you know, Drew Brees does need some credit for it. But I, but what I will say is that it shows that Sean Payton can work with a great quarterback too, and that him and great quarterbacks go hand in hand with each other. I mean, he's Perfect. gonna take away some things that he did in New Orleans that went well. I mean, you still got to go to the fact that he did win a Super Bowl and that he did. You still have success in this league running the NFL offense. I mean, he did, and I mean, I. I'll give the talent some, you know, credit like guys like Marcus Colson, Jimmy Graham and all those guys. But I mean, Drew, Drew Brees deserves most of that credit with Sean Payton. I will give him that. But I mean, regarding Dan Quinn, I'm not taking Dan Quinn over Sean Payton. It's, it's no way in the world I'm going to ever do that. So, nah. But yeah, I mean, Sean Payton and him and Russ, they go hand in hand with each other. Just like him and Drew Brees. Interesting, interesting. Um yeah, that's going to be it for today's episode. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed all the latest news and rumors of the Denver Broncos head coach search. Obviously, things are heating up. Um, like I told you guys in the podcast, they were not going to get a deal done with the same day that they were interviewing Sean Payton. I, know, I didn't see it in a million years. Um, if you guys are going to expect the, uh, you know, the Broncos reaching a deal with Sean Payton, I would expect it after the Panthers interview. I think he's going to at least interview for the Panthers job before he makes that decision. I when really is the think with them? Uh, Friday. The interviews with the Panthers on Friday. I believe they're getting their last. In, uh, he's getting the last interview um, for their job. So, but yeah, I think yeah, it, I think because um, I because I, I know you say you're really scared of Carolina. I am too a little bit, but but I, I just think Russ kind of like separates everything from it. I just think Russ is the separating factor. I think he's gonna really want to work with Russ instead of having to bring in a young guy who's gonna have to take years, you know, maybe a year or two to develop in. I just think he wants to go in there and win now. And I think Russ, him and Russ can do that. So, yeah. Which, by the way, you brought up uh, early in the episode how he already contacted Sean Payton, which you love to see. Uh, I love to see that from the leader of this team. He already contacted Sean Payton and let him know that he knows that not only he needs fixing, but this entire offense needs fixing, and that he knows he could be the guy for that. Um, what do you What do you think was kind of said in, in that phone call? Obviously, we don't really know too much, obviously, but just to kind of speculate, what What do you think he maybe said to Sean Payton? You know, in in particular. Well, I think if Russ was smart, he definitely should have tried to bribe him, you know, and try to beg him, <laughs> beg him to come to Denver. I mean, I think that was more of a, I don't know. I mean, I'll say Russ called him, you know, to be like, hey, man, you got to come here. We need you. Like, you know, they're, they're going to pay you whatever the hell you want. You know, we're going to we're going to obviously trade some picks to get you. Like, I think he was just kind of begging him to come, you know, like, I mean, trying to, you know, sell him, sell him a bill of goods, you know trying to sell him on the team and things like that. But I think him doing that definitely increases our chances a lot. You know, I, I think him doing that because, I mean, him and Sean probably talked about the offense a little bit. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. I saw that um, in 2021, whenever Russell Wilson was prop- popping up in trade rumors, that um, Sean Payton actually contacted um, Seattle, Pete Carroll in their front office to let them know that they wanted to trade for him. Because one of the destinations that, um, you know, Russell Wilson apparently uh, was, you know, waving his no trade clause for was New Orleans. So, um I, I thought that was really interesting. I mean, there's it seems like there's already interest there. Maybe the report's skewed, but 
it's it's already interesting that Sean Payton has already wanted Russell Wilson for a long time, and I'm sure he's looking at this Denver job like I, I'm gonna go there and try to fix Russell Wilson because I know the guy that I know the guy that he is. I know the situation he was in with Nathaniel Hackett this this last season. And I know that wasn't the Russell Wilson that he could be. So yeah. I, I know if anybody's going to be the guy for this job, it's me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. Just to, you know, just, man, everybody wanted Russ. A lot of these teams wanted Russell Wilson when he was, you know, wanted, you know, talking about I want out of Seattle and everything like that. So definitely. I mean, I, he's probably – he has to be looking at all these other teams and it's just like, man, yeah, they got all these draft picks. They got all this money. But they Denver, – Denver already got their quarterback. They already got Russell Wilson. I mean, to me, that should go hand in hand with each other. I think that's a, you, you talked about money being the number one factor in all this. I think it's going to be quarterback. I've been saying that from day one. Everybody's like, yeah, the ownership matters so much to uh, Sean Payton. It does, but I don't think it's as much as the quarterback. I think yeah, he, at the end of the day, he's going to have to look in the mirror and say, do I want to develop a quarterback for the next three years to for he finally becomes a Josh Allen, a Mahomes, or whoever, or do I just want to go fix Russell Wilson from the get-go? I think that's yeah, going to be the number one factor. And I mean, I, I will say this. I mean, the only other two teams that I that I would kind of say pose a threat is Carolina and Houston, and they're both kind of similar in a way. They both have a few good pieces here and there, but I mean, when you look at Denver, it's more complete. He would come to Denver and not really have to worry about the defense as much. It's already solidified. You have defense young talent. So yes, you have young talent everywhere. So, on offense too, you have young talent everywhere. You have a few things you need to fix the offensive line, and you know, bringing a guy here and there back and just reloading within the draft. I just think it's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, they talked about ownership and quarterback. Denver has both. Texans and the um Texans and the Panthers, they have I mean, the Panthers have great ownership. Texans, I don't think they I think that's their whole problem is their front office and their ownership. But yeah. I mean, so they don't they don't have no quarterback obviously. They got the number 2 pick, but it's still a question mark. You can you can draft the bust at number 2. Look at Zach Wilson. He was drafted number 2, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of think, really, like I said from the beginning, I think it's a no-brainer. Out of everybody, I think it's a no-brainer for Sean Payton. Denver is the place I want to be. Yeah, yesterday I saw from Tom Pelissero that he, um, he apparently he saw some like I don't know somehow he uh, got like uh, intel or news or from a source that was in the interview uh, of Sean Payton. By the way, Sean Payton did have the virtual interview before the seventeenth of the Texans, which I still don't know how they made that happen if he's under contract with New Orleans, but. I mean, that's just Texans being the Texans, I guess. Um, he heard from a source that you can literally tell just from a Zoom call how disoriented and um, dysfunctional the Texans front office was. It, bro, it's that bad. You can tell from dog, a Zoom it's call. Ter it's terrible. That, bro, you can say all you want about the talent on the field with that team. The problem is the is the front office and the management. That That is the problem with them. It's not the play on the field. I mean, obviously, the play on the field is bad because of the front office and management. I mean, they traded yeah. DeAndre Hopkins for a backup running back. When I tell you the city of Houston was pissed, bro, they were so pissed, man. Like, when they traded DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, and it just – I mean, man, they just there. That, that, that team there, they did that. It, it's, it's no way Sean Payton is looking at, like, that team. And it, I just don't see how he looks at them and it's like, I could really see myself coaching the Texans. Like, I, I just don't. I don't know why yeah, I, just I, don't, don't. I don't see it. Right now, it's it's definitely Denver, Carolina, and maybe yeah. Arizona. Maybe Arizona uh, snoops in. I don't even um, think that because I don't even think that because I he's hearing what everybody's saying about Kyler Murray, teammates, former teammates, former coaches. What they're saying about him, how he hard headed, and the Cardinals should have gave him that money, and how he doesn't study and everything like that. Like nah. Anytime I think, I think all that stuff's just so BS though. I think Kyler Murray gets overhated. 
I'm not gonna say he gets overhated. I just think it's I mean it's what you show. Anytime you tell your your head coach, calm the fuck down. Come on, man. Like he told his I head mean, coach. That's- Cliff King, Kingsbury is an idiot. No, he no, is. no, he is. I mean, watching Hard Knocks, I was like, how did this guy get a head coaching job? <laughs> exactly. I mean, but like, I mean, but like, still, like you, like that's the lead. You know, it's the head coach of the team. You can't really tell him that, especially on the field. Like in a game, you took your helmet off and said it. Like, I mean, Kyler Murray is just. I don't think Sean Payton wants to go in Arizona right now. Like I said, it, it's kind of a mess over there right now, and they need a lot of talent. They need a lot of work. I, I just, I think Denver's the. It's the easy pick. It's the less work you have to do. Ownership is great. Um, and you got a quarterback. And the, the picks aren't that bad. As everybody keeps talking about some Denver has no picks. Like, it's not as bad as everybody think it is. The only draft pick I don't think we have this year is the second pick, the second-round pick right now. And, I mean, you look at we, – we have all our picks for next year. I mean, we gave up picks from last year's draft and this year's draft, and we got a first-round pick back. So it's not like the rush trade just killed us with all of our picks like that, how everybody trying to make it seem. We have draft picks. Yeah, and you know the trading Bradley Chubb for a first, and he's not even producing that much in Miami. Apparently, the front office feels really, really uh, happy about it. I which would too. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't blame them. It's like you're essentially going to trade um, Bradley Chubb for Sean Payton. Just think yeah. about it like that. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, Bradley Chubb, I don't care. I love him, but I would have never gave him that money that Miami gave him. Hell no. They overpaid him. They gave they 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 paid him Von Miller money almost. They gave him money like he was top five. So they should nah. should have given that to Jalen Phillips. <laughs> so nah, man. Yeah, I well, see yeah. everybody. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's gonna be it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, great talk today. Um, about the Broncos head coach search, obviously, obviously heating up. Um, I would assume that sometime late next week we're gonna have some really definitive, clear, clear clarifying news um, about who really is gonna be the Broncos' next uh, head coach, and we're gonna have like a probably uh, a, you know a clear list of who they narrowed down the candidates. Um, you know, I'm sure the ownership is gonna be definitely the ones uh, you know at the end of the day in charge of that, um, starting with Greg Penner. But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you guys enjoyed today's episode, make sure you uh, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. I didn't mean to cut y'all, but um, I'm reading right now that um, a guy within the Panthers organization is saying that David Tepper is skeptical about trading the first-round pick for Sean Payton, whether it's this year or next year. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, Tom, Tom Pelser was saying the same thing early on. Mm-hmm. Said it on the Rich yep. Eisen show, I believe it was. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So we <laughs> – I really, I really feel it, and I – you guys can go clip it. I I really I really felt for a while Sean Payton was gonna be the guy here. I I don't know. I I feel more confident than ever now that Sean Payton is gonna be a Denver Bronco, which is crazy to say, man. Like my uh, my brother, he's a. Uh, um, if you're listening to this, uh, thanks for watching. But my my little brother, he uh he um he's a big Saints fan. So we've been talking constantly back and forth about Sean Payton coming to the Broncos. I'm like we all I always joke around and talk about his uh, seven and nine seasons, but Sean Payton might come be coming here now. So um it's it's kind of funny how things uh turn around change. Yeah, man. It's ooh, I, I just can't wait because um my cousin a Charger fan, he man, after they lost, he was like, Well, look, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna fire Brandon Staley and bring in Sean Payton. It's just that simple. That's what we gotta do now. And I'm like, man, y'all not firing Brandon Staley. And the next day he kept his Poor job. Chargers I was so happy. Fans. Oh my god. Oh, I thought I don't know how you stay with Brandon Staley, bro. Like you're ask you're asking for it. Oh man. I'm just I'm I'm just glad they did. I'm I'm just glad they did. Which, by the way, I don't know if we talked about this, but um, 
their OC Joe Lombardi, uh, Albright keeps saying like constantly um, that he uh, that he's really connected to uh, Sean Payton that he could see him being the OC here. Um, so he was like, yeah, if you like choking leads, um, you know, in the playoffs against the Jags, then Joe Lombardi's your guy. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, I don't know, I don't know about that. Maybe, maybe as an assistant, maybe, and that's a big yeah. maybe. So yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Um, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Podcast, make sure you go leave a rating. Leave a five-star rating. All the feedback is greatly appreciated. Uh, make sure you have uh, notifications on so you never miss an episode of the podcast. Um, lots of episodes coming out. I'm currently working out uh, an episode with a, uh, a current Broncos player. That's going to be a free agent. So that one's going to be really fun to watch. Um, you guys can kind of um, think about who it's going to be. Uh, let us know in the comments who you think that player is going to be. Um, currently working on a scheduled date with that. Um, so uh, make sure you guys have notifications on. Subscribe. Hit the follow button wherever you guys are listening to the uh, podcast um, so you, you don't miss this episode. And, you know, um, plenty more of episodes with uh, insiders and uh, players to come and, you know, all those interviews. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Until the next episode, peace. Peace.